What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kund, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. Everybody knows that in 2020, community is one of the best ways to build defensibility within a startup. Unfortunately, there are still many tools that are needed to be used in order to run a successful community that's engaging, right? You want to have a newsletter for community? Great, it's Substack. You want to have a discussion board? Great, maybe it's Notion. You want to have events? It's Eventbrite. You want to have an actual software? Maybe it's Slack or Circle. But it wasn't until now that all of these tools and use cases are pulled into one tool. But today's sponsor for Forward Thinking Founders has done just that. Edition.so has taken all these parts of community building, put it under one platform, so you don't have to focus on community ops. All you have to focus on is community building. So if you are sick of stitching together all these different tools to build a community, but you want to have one, you want to have a thriving community for your startup, for your creator career, then give Edition.so a try. Right now, there is a waitlist to get in, but if you go to addition.so slash forward thinking, you'll be able to be bumped up to the top, give the platform a try, and use community to all the benefits that it has. So if you're sick of using 17 different tools to run your community, head to addition.so slash forward thinking and get started today. Now let's get into today's episode. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Azra Nadim, who's the founder of Opus, Opus AI. How's it going? It's going really well. How about yourself? I am doing pretty well. It was, you know, crazy week, um, but we made it to Friday and to finish it off, having a great conversation with you about Opus AI. For people that haven't heard of Opus or haven't, you know, don't know exactly what you're working on, can you kind of share um, what you're working on with Opus AI? Definitely. So we are essentially building a technology that turns text into movies in real time. And what that means is that as you're writing a story or as you're writing a text, um, the AI engine at the back end actually starts generating whatever it is that you're writing. And it's a full 3D scene that can then be converted into a movie. So that is awesome. So let's kind of like dive into a little bit Mm -hmm. into how how it works. So if I was to try this out, can you kind of walk me through the user experience kind of step of like, if I was to use the product, what that would look like, how it works, things like that? 
Yeah, sure. So basically, um, today what we're doing is that we're working with people who write scripts, so like script writers, short story writers, and we take their stories and upload them at the back end ourselves. But um, ideally, in six months' time, you should be able to log into, so download the app, log into it, and start a new story. And then let's say you say it was a dark night, it would generate a sky and set the lighting to how lighting is at night. And then as you start writing, um, it was winter, winter sky is different from summer sky. So the system adjusts the sky accordingly. And then you can say there was a girl walking on the road and there would be a girl walking on the road. And you can adjust what she's wearing, what she's doing, um, generate other assets around it. So it's just as you keep writing the story more and more, it keeps generating the scene for you. I'd love to hear, how, how do you get the idea for this? Or I guess, in other words, what's the origin story? This is, you know, pretty, pretty awesome, kind of pretty awesome concept here. How do you come up with it? What's the origin story? Yeah, so we were working, um, so about six years ago, my co-founder and I, who's also my husband, we were working on a game. So we're both avid gamers. And in an ideal world, what you want to do is have a game that um, has smart NPCs or a game that um, doesn't take two, three years for like a new packet code to come out or worlds to come out. So what we started working on was this game that automatically, or a game that as you're playing it generates intelligent scenes or generates um, smart challenges for you to accomplish. Um, six, seven years ago though, the technology wasn't there for it. And we tried multiple things. So we tried voxels, which is um, very similar to what other few other uh, engines use, but um, the technology itself, like algorithms, AI algorithms, it wasn't there. So um, we shuffed the game, but we kept thinking about it, kept looking into it, kept updating ourselves on what was new that was coming. Um, moved to Silicon Valley. Um, my co-founder started working uh, for a startup that was working on a DARPA project. I started working um, in entrepreneurship education and venture capital, and it was still something that at the back of our mind or back of our heads we'd been experimenting with. And um, thankfully, with uh, national language processing and AI being at the stage that it has and the leaps and bounds of um, advances that have come through, it's something that it's still difficult to do and it's very computation heavy, but it's no longer impossible. I'm curious for this, like, this seems like a, obviously um, in the, cre the career world, you're, you know, creating this. What do you spend your time on every day? Are you building the platform? Are you trying to get people to use it? Looking for investors? What, what's a day in the life of the, of the founder of this company? So it depends on which founder you're talking to. So uh, I am I am the non-technical founder. So I spend a lot of my day talking with. Uh, so we do have a like a beta product, and we're testing that out. So a lot of it is user experience. So basically, when we sit down with people, how do they write a script, or how do you differentiate one scene from the other? How do you cut the scene? How do you do that? So a lot of it is just sitting with our early users and talking to them about how they're experiencing the product, what are some of the categories or assets that they want to generate, which means that we'll have to train our um, 
algorithms on. So my job is basically user experience slash um, finding these people who are willing to work with us in the beginning. And the other co-founder and the team, they're essentially coding all day long. So they're writing algorithms, they're training um, the NLP, they're training um, other asset engines. So that's what they're, they're doing. Got it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Like, do you ever find um, that, I mean, I don't know if this would potentially be your, your role or one of your co-founders role, but like when mm-hmm. you're talking to customers or, or users, do you ever find they, they, you know, you're getting feature requests to do this or do that, do this. And like, you know, understanding how to like parse through what they're saying versus what they really want. Or I guess, how do you think about what to build next and what features to ship? Oh, yeah, definitely. We get that a lot, right? So in our case, for example, um, let's take a step back, right? So let's say that I, let's say you're a huge fan of science fiction, and I give a very early product to you. And the first thing you write is there was a, you know, there was an elevator that was going into space with a pink monster that had a tail of, the, of an elephant. I'm just making it up, right? Or like, whatever you fancy, it can be a blue elephant. And the system wouldn't be able to generate that because it hasn't been trained on something like this. So for us, one of the key things is understanding the boundaries of what we're capable of doing and then kind of finding people or finding artists and writers who write within those, taking those scripts and really figuring out what are some of the things that are they need essentially or they'll need to change more often versus things that we can generate or like just have static assets on. So a lot of it is what genre to go after. And then yes, once you're talking to users, it's always good to see what's a must have and then what's a wish list item versus in the must have, are they explaining the functionality? And if not, what kind of questions can you ask for them to be able to do that? And if you were to kind of like, obviously you're talking to customers, these are day-to-day tasks, mm-hmm. but if you were to zoom out, you know, a lot, you know, it's a 10,000 feet and you, 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 you were to look out into the future, you know, five years, 10 years, what, is this, what does this look like? Um, what's your big vision for this and kind of what, where are you rowing in every single day? Yeah, so the big vision for this is to build it something like Netflix, but with AI-generated content, where we're just producing content every single day. And at the back end, we're sharing. Um, so we have a advertising engine where people can put up their ads and their products. But at the same time, for creators, we're sharing revenue that we're that's coming out of people viewing their creations. So that's the big um six seven year out goal and to um to ultimately like make it happen um you know any vision is hard to accomplish especially if it's big and lofty you know you want to have a lot of impact but luckily mm-hmm. um you get some help along the way right and we got all these people that are listening to this podcast and know the question's coming and what the question is is how can the forward-thinking founders community help you are you looking for people to try this out are you looking for, you know, investors, team members, partnerships? How can the forward-thinking founders community assist? 
Yeah, so we're definitely looking for engineers who've had, who've either built game engines before, have experience in this, or people who are interested in uh, this intersection of entertainment and automation. So we're definitely, definitely hiring, and those are the people that we're looking for. The job description's available on our website. And then uh, introductions to investors are always great. We're going to start um, fundraising soon. So any introductions to people that you think would be interested, we're happy to talk. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, sharing more about what you're working on, what your day-to-day is like, and I wish you the best of luck making your vision happen. Thank you. I really appreciate that. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the episode of Forward Thinking Founders. If you're sitting there, you're just saying, Matt, I want more. How can I get more? Well, luckily, you can get it at Forward Thinking City. Forward Thinking City is a community for the Forward Thinking Network, right? And we have multiple different aspects of the city. One, we have AMAs. Some of the previous guests that have been on the podcast, like Jonathan Barkle, Kristen Anderson, Austin Allred, come back and they do AMAs with the residents. You can ask them any question that you want, right? You can ask them about fundraising the early days how they got their customers we do these every single week with another you know really great founder that has been on the podcast additionally um, we have our pitch battles right so if you want feedback on your pitch and the opportunity to potentially pitch in front of VCs and talk one-on-one with venture capitalists this is where to do it these are monthly pitch battles so if you don't get in the first time try again right the goal is to improve and get feedback to eventually one, raise, uh, get, get into the room with the VCs. Two, raise capital. Three, so you can get back to your company and building a great startup, building a great business. The last thing I'll mention is that if you are kind of interested in just community, we have our coffee hours and happy hours where you can meet other residents, learn about what they're working on, talk about social things, anything you want. This is a city for founders. It is for investors. It is for startup enthusiasts. It's for anyone that loves startups. So if you're interested in what I'm saying, Go to forwardthinking.city and join the city for $15 a month. Um, you know, the way, the reason I charge is because I want to be able to do this full time and bring as much value as I possibly can. And I think it's well worth the value. You can ask any of the current residents and they will attest to that. So go to forwardthinking.city, join the city, and you'll see immediately the, the next AMA, the next pitch battle, the next event. And I hope to see you there. Forwardthinking.city. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.